0: Kempi, we're going to talk some NBA.
1: Yeah, that's right, Louis, because it's getting to crunch time for many teams in the NBA. And yesterday, two teams were sent packing while Trey Young found a way to give the Hawks a lifeline in their series against the Celtics. There are four more playoff games of great consequence today. And to preview them, we head slightly north to chat with Ez Barahini, who's an NBA reporter up there in Canada. Good morning, Ed. Thanks for joining us and taking the time. How are you this morning?
2: Good morning. Yeah, how are you guys? Good. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Now you're welcome mate. Look, the Raptors they not might not be in the playoffs this year but you know all your hoop fans up there in Canada are they still fixated with the NBA at the moment.
2: Absolutely. I think there's, uh, you know, Canada is obviously a growing spot for basketball. Uh, there's a lot of Canadian talent in the NBA right now. And even in the NBA playoffs, if you watch the New York Knicks, there's R.J. Barrett there who's playing with the, uh, you know, with the, why am I blanking out here, with the New York Knicks. And then if you look at, you know, the rest of uh, the NBA playoffs, you know, obviously we had Shea Gilgis Alexander in the playing game with the Oklahoma City Thunder. So there's tons of Canadian talent that people are out here supporting for sure.
0: It's great to have you on the show, mate. And yeah, with um, Andrew Wiggins as well. I've been watching uh, Canadian basketball really take the limelight for the last wee while. when I, I look forward to the day that you can knock off your uh, Northern American neighbours. Um, I, I want to ask you about a guy that you know intimately, Kawhi Leonard, because one of the sports media's yep. greatest protagonists, Stephen A. Smith, has declared that he should be retired. They should retire him because he doesn't play. Pretty brash thing to say, but he's a very frustrating character, and you got a close look at him when he was in Toronto. Do Clippers fans and Steve Ballmer and Tyron Lue have the right to feel aggrieved by Kawhi Leonard?
2: I honestly don't think so. Uh, and you know, you're right. I I, I can't necessarily be completely uh, impartial when it comes to Kawhi, just because of what he means to you know the city of Toronto, the Raptors organization. Uh, in a lot of ways, uh, the last season that he was fully healthy was the championship season. I mean, he played 60 games. He played 24 playoff games, which hasn't happened in a Clippers uniform yet. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's a touchy subject to say the least. But I think when it comes to Stephen A. Smith's comments, you can, you can, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous to assume that he should retire. Um, I think, you know, when you look at load management, Kawhi has become the face of load management, right? He has become the spokesperson in a lot of ways. But I think the rules of load management really only should apply to a man like Leonard, who clearly isn't himself anymore, who clearly can't get to that ability of playing a full NBA season anymore. And I think it really only applies to him. I think He can be able to still be a productive player, even in the games that he played in these playoffs and in this regular season. He was phenomenal. Uh, He's still shown that he can play at a high level when he's healthy, but it's just when he's healthy that is the big part of this, you know, equation, if you will.
1: Is, you know, like the Phoenix Suns, are they legitimate contenders or are they, they got a problem with their depth in their squad?
2: Yeah, I, I think the bigger issue. I mean, the the depth will be a massive, massive issue here coming forward. Uh, I actually wrote an article yesterday. The Phoenix Suns starters have played 720 of a combined, I believe, 920 possible minutes in that Clipper series. So they, I mean, the the Suns bench has only played less than 200 minutes uh, in that playoff series, which is very telling and very damning for that Suns depth. Uh, now that's going to be a big problem against the Denver Nuggets, who are a deeper team, who can go to eight, nine guys. They can rely on, you know, the bench players, whether it be a Reggie Jackson, whether it be, you know, Bruce Brown of the world, a Christian Brown of the world, Um, they can rely on some depth where the Suns can't. Uh, And if, you know, a lot of people know this uh, out here in, you know, in Canada and North America, but Denver, the altitude is going to be really, really tough. On some of those sun stars so if they're playing 40 plus minutes every single game it's going to start to get exhausting especially against a good team like denver well let's
0: stay in the west before we tack back uh, your side because i'm absolutely loving the slug the offensive slug fest which is the sacramento kings um gone state warriors series this is just yeah. this is a version of basketball that's Well, it's frankly intoxicating. De'Aaron Fox, he's got this injured finger. Unlike Kawhi, he's going to play through the pain. Um, But (laughs) is his his injury enough to put a bit of a kibosh on on what the Kings can do? Or are the Warriors road record just that bad that the Kings with uh, the home advantage, they should get up?
2: I think the Kings have found different ways to be successful, uh, even outside of Fox. I think, you know, they've they found contributions from guys like Keegan Murray in Game 4 who stepped up. He's a rookie. Uh, they've been able to go to a guy like Malik Monk, who's been awesome off of the bench for them this year and in the playoffs especially. So I think there's different sources that they can go to to sort of alleviate the pressure from Fox, if you will. But – I will say uh, a finger injury is very different from tearing your meniscus (laughs) from experience. Mm. I'm speaking from experience here. Uh, So, like, you know, fracturing the finger, while it might affect your shooting ability a little bit, it doesn't affect your ability to be quick. It doesn't affect your ability to be mobile. And one of the key, you know, skills that De'Aaron Fox has is his ability to burst out into the lane to be able to get downhill use his quickness so i think he'll still be effective but maybe that outside shot won't be as effective as it's been so far this series i will agree with you though that has been an like that's how every playoff series should play out the way the offense works the way it's flowing the way these teams kind of understand each other and and are just you know like you said they're going for a slugfest that's the way nba playoff basketball should be played
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's pretty special, and I I hope that uh, we see more of it these playoffs. Um, Back east uh, today, 11 a.m. New Zealand time, we have the Knicks trying to close out uh, over the Cavs, as you mentioned earlier. Um, I mean, look, I bet going down 3-1, we know the, the stats. We know how hard it is to come back. Are the Cavs any chance to at least steal one game and then go back on the road, pinch another, and, and make a series out of it? Or do you
2: think their spirit has been broken? Uh, I, I honestly think the, the Knicks have just outmatched them physically. Uh, you know, the Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, even Josh Hart, just the physicality that they've thrown out at the Cavaliers it's just something they haven't been able to handle. Um, Evan Mobley, you know, he's a sophomore. He he hasn't necessarily dealt with this type of physicality yet in his NBA career, and it's very clearly showing. The same thing applies to Jared Allen. Like, those two guys, they're very big, they're very tall, but in terms of the physical side of the game, they're not as physical as these New York Knicks, and I think they've, they've tired out the Cavaliers. Um, so I don't know if they have enough left in the tank to be able to push it to six games, but if, you know... From all the 3 1 deficits that could potentially happen tonight, the eliminations that could potentially happen, I think the Cavaliers have the best chance of, of extending their series.
1: Yeah. And and Trey Young, too, is he's been on fire. He's taken his game to another level. Can he get the Hawks yeah. to game seven against the Celtics?
2: I think he can. I mean, look, he, ever since they've, uh, Ever since Trey Young has got back home, they, they returned to Atlanta in game three. He has just been absolutely unstoppable. I mean, right now, I'm just looking at his stats right now. He's averaging 29 points on 42, 33, 82 shooting splits. He's dishing out 10 assists a game. I mean, he's just been uh, absolutely electric offensively. And they've done a great job of getting him involved, getting him in places that that, you know, suits him, whether it be going downhill or pulling up. I think they just created a lot of opportunities for him to be at his best. And I do think there's a chance that they could force a game seven. There's only been three teams in NBA history uh, that have been down 3-1. Actually, no, sorry, that's 3 nothing. But either way, uh, I do think they have a pretty good chance to be able to push this thing to seven, especially with the way Trey's playing.
0: We've kind of buried the lead, is because I, I don't think many people had seen um, a playoff performance as special as what Jimmy Butler delivered the other day. And I don't yeah. think many people could have suspected that this – well, there's a podcast I listen to. I love Bill Simmons, and he's been calling them the Zombie Heat, um, which I think is so funny and and so apt because they're kind of like the Walking Dead, really. And, and here they are now on the precipice of bumping the best team in the NBA out of the playoffs. Could you believe that the Heat are about to knock Milwaukee out? And like, where does that put Giannis? I know he's banged up and he's injured, but you know if he is the unanimous best player in the game, he's got to have something to say, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Look, and I I think they have had a little bit of luck when it comes to Giannis's injury. Uh, I mean, they're shooting 20% better than they were from behind the arc in the regular season. I think they're shooting almost 50% uh, from behind the arc this in the playoffs in the five games that they've played versus they were a bottom 10 three-point shooting team throughout the regular season. So I think they've gotten lucky here with some good shooting, obviously Giannis being hurt, but Jimmy Butler has taken full advantage of the situation. Uh, and, you know, that playoff Jimmy moniker that he has is, you know, playing right into his hand. I think, honestly, I think the Heat end up winning this series either tonight or in uh, in Miami in game six on Friday. But when it comes to Giannis, I think, I think it's just tough luck. You know, last year they got Chris Middleton hurt and they lost in the second round to the Celtics. And now this year it's Giannis who's hurt. And, you know, the Bucs can't really rally around anybody to be able to pull this victory off. It's an uphill battle, to say the least, and it's it's tough because the Bucks' core is aging. You look at Chris Middleton; he's in his mid thirties. Brooke Lopez; he's in his mid thirties. Uh, even Drew Holiday; he's entering his thirties. So this team is aging around Giannis, and now maybe there there's more questions to be had about how this core looks moving forward.
0: Love it is. Hey, look, last one for, for me before we let you crack on with your day. I know what it's like and the, the funny sideways looks I get in New Zealand being a fan of Australian rules, football, AFL down here. What about being a Canadian right. listen to the NBA, especially when the Leaves are in the uh, NHL playoffs? Do you get like um kind of disowned by your own or what, how does that play out? <laughs>
2: Well, like we, we, you know, hockey is still the the number one sport in the country. So we gotta we gotta support however way we can. I think the Maple Leafs are in a really important series right now. They're trying to make their own history. So it is what it is. But I, I like to stay in my corner. You know, I like to stay in my little spot of the NBA world and and let everybody else deal with the other sports.
0: <laughs> nice corner three specialist Kim B. How good that man is. That's been great, mate. We really appreciate your
2: time. Thank you very much. Have a good one.
0: I love it. I love the hoops at the moment, Kimpy. It's um, such a good time to be an NBA fan. And we, there's a guy, there's a guy called Dylan Brooks that agitated LeBron, and, and you would have tried to agitate some great players throughout the years, but it never really ends well, does it?
1: No. no. Well, it depends who you're picking on. You know what I mean? Like some blokes, the cats, and you can pick on them, and they'll leave. You know, they'll they'll meow and go back to their their little bowl of milk. But there are others. <laughs> That you were, you and you were agitate, and they'll—it's like you're throwing them a bone that they like just love to chew on, and they won't the leave lions, you alone. Yeah, the yeah. tigers, Mate. the big cats. <laughs> Mate, I did it one day to Mel Meninga, and uh, I was only 21 at the time. He was a legend at, at Mount Smart, and I got him right around the forehead, and. Um, <laughs> And while he was scoring a try, like, I wasn't going to stop him. He was running around behind the post, and I was covering from the other centre. He was playing – he was up against Kev Edo and I was – I can't remember who I was marking, but he was coming around the post. And I thought, that's cheeky. He's going to try and run past me and score under the post. So I just let him have it. And, <laughs> and I thought I broke my forearm. That's how hard I hit him. I just went whack. And all I could think about, no, oh, shit, I've broken my arm. You know, like that. And he's jumped up, and he said, I'm going to get you. And I was like – Come on, in my you know, packing my pants, I went. Well, come on then. And but in my head, I'm going. You're an idiot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there you
0: go. There you oh. go. Uh, Dylan Brooks versus LeBron James. Tony Kemp versus uh, Melvin Meninga. That's I. You know what? I didn't know that story, but I just there's something in me that just felt like you might have had one of those moments in your life.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a cool cool. I had more than one. Don't worry about that. But that was one I would have regretted.
0: Yeah, don't poke the bear, as they say. He poked the bear, and um, he found out. Oh, I love it. love the NBA at this time of year. Eighteen minutes past seven o'clock, and Brad sent through a couple of texts. Here you go: Kings, Bucks, Lakers next to win. Multi it up at fifteen dollars forty. Honestly, fellas, get me a segment on the show. He,
1: ha, 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 ha. Yeah, he's. He, I tell you what, he knows his he knows his hoops. So um, I've just had a look at those odds on there and gone through the. Uh, it's a, honestly. Game five, um, yeah, I look, I think Brad's not too far off it, Louie.
0: He looks pretty sharp as well. And uh, there's, This is a, a wonderful slate of NBA games. NBA Wednesday is such a big day, so we'll all be tuned in. And I can give you an update from Man City Arsenal. City, put the pressure on Arsenal. One zip, 18 minutes through. Um, that is a lot of heat for Arsenal to so now I have to navigate. Now they don't just need to... They need to score. They need to score twice if they want to win. I don't even think a draw is going to be good enough for Arsenal at this point in the season, just with the wobbles that they've got. So this is going to be very interesting. And Fred De Jong's going to talk to us about it in about 20 minutes' time. But after this, we'll be back with more of your messages and Kempy's got a wee bit to say as well. Here with Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance.